listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. All right, church. Good morning. How are you today? Good. It's really great to be here. Uh, We are in a series called Battle Ready, and Pastor Steve has started each of these gatherings with reading the Armor of God passage from Ephesians, and so I'm going to continue that with you this morning. So before I have you sit down, we're going to read this together. I did, however, ask him if he would put up the NIV version because I get stumbled in the same spot that he was getting stumbled, and I realize it's because of the version is not the one I'm used to. So bear with me. If you are getting familiar with the other one, we're reading this one today. So let me step to the side. Ready? Read with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Oh, did I skip a line? Oh, so close. Pastor Steve Reven. All right. Sorry. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Thank you for reading that with me. I included the last two verses, the one I must up on. Um, kind of for me, actually, that... As I declare the word of God today, that I would declare it fearlessly. That's what Paul declared in his prayer. And I am asking for that same prayer as well, because it's something to get up here and preach the word of God. It's quite a responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. So thank you for joining us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word, that your word is truth, that you have equipped us with your armor that we can put on and we can fight the evil that attacks us daily. God, I thank you that you invite us into relationship with you. I thank you for a church where we can come and get battle ready together, where we can grow in strength and love for one another and in knowledge of who you are and who you have created us to be. God, I thank you for this body. I thank you for your love. And I thank you for this day. Amen. Please be seated. All right. Now, as you've noticed, Pastor Steve and Pastor Rowena are not here today. 
They are, in fact, celebrating their 37th wedding anniversary, which is an awesome thing to celebrate. So let's give them a big cheer. They can hear us online. 37 years. And I was looking for John and Barb because I think John and Barb might be the only couple in our church who have been married longer than 37 years. Um, who has, yeah, they're on a cruise. If you don't know where John and Barb are, just say they're on a cruise because you're probably right. <laughs> they love each other well, though, and they travel together. And I'm really glad that our pastors got to go and spend some time traveling and doing this special celebration as well. Uh, I learned that they were married 37 years at our date night last month when we had married couples come and we played a bunch of games and learned a bunch of fun facts and had a bit of a competition happening there. Um, it's funny, though, our longest married couple was not the couple who won the overall date night. In fact, it was a couple who had only been married a few years. And um, the interesting thing about that, though, is that how many of you know that it doesn't matter how many years a couple has been married? It doesn't equal a great relationship, a great marriage. So it's not the number of years. Like, think about that in terms of people you know. You may have known somebody for a really long time, but just because you know someone for a long time, it doesn't equal a great friendship. Just because you know or you've maybe even had a relationship with God doesn't equal a great relationship. You might have been calling yourself a Christian since you were little, and maybe your relationship isn't that great yet. So I'm hoping to encourage you today and every day to, to dig in. Because who knows here that relationships take time, yeah? Relationships don't just take time, though. They take effort. And it's work. And we have to put in the work. We have to put in the effort to make great relationships. If you want your relationship with the Lord to grow stronger, then it's going to take some effort and God is telling us he wants that relationship with us. He wants us to partner with him so that we can be ready for all the things the world is going to throw our way. We need to be battle ready, right? The title of my message today is called Gear Up. And um, we're going to start with some glasses. I'm gearing up right now. There we go. So when we're gearing up, we're putting on the full armor of God so he can take, so we can take uh, our stand against the devil's schemes. God has given us his armor. This isn't armor that we have to go out and find. This is God's armor that he's already provided, but we need to put it on. It's not enough to just have it in your closet. It's not enough to know where you can go get it. We need to actually put it on and use it. So today, we're going to start with one of those components of the armor, and we're going to look at the belt of truth. From the verse Ephesians 6.14, it says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, this is a metaphor that Paul is using, and you have um, a time when Roman soldiers would wear actual armor, as you see these men behind me. And the belt of truth or that he uses, we're talking about the belt, so the armor of, or the belt of this armor. And it's the first thing that Paul tells us to put on. Now, if you think about just the Roman armor at that time, 
the Roman armor would go on regardless, actually, of if they strapped on any other armor that day. In some research that I was doing over this topic, I learned that they put that on daily regardless of if they added the breastplate, regardless of all the other pieces. The belt went on daily. You see, when we strap that around us, we're ready to put the other pieces on right away. But you don't just hang it in your closet because, man, getting dressed would take a lot longer. They wouldn't be ready for battle if they didn't have their armor belt on. And from that armor belt, that's where your sword is going to get sheathed. That's where the, the breastplate would rest on. That's where the metal plates would hang down from it. Every time I think of these metal plates hanging off the soldier's belt, I think of um, the Marilyn Monroe where she's like, you know, her dress is like <laughs> floofing up and um, she's got her hands down. These, these metal plates that hang down, I feel like they're like keeping the soldiers from losing their dignity. Um, and, and it's also protective, of course, but... Anyhow, similarly to the armor, we need to put on the spiritual armor. This is the truth, the foundation upon which we take our stand. This belt is the truth upon which Christians stand firm. Now, Paul uses the Roman armor metaphor, and thankfully he doesn't use the modern belt metaphor. Because as I was thinking of belts today, I was thinking, okay, how could I connect this to current belts? And everything just didn't work. Here's what I mean. I have multiple belts in my closet. In fact, I'm wearing one of them right now. Uh, there are fashion belts. They're just for looks. Maybe to complete an outfit. They may not even do a purpose. Like, you can't really hang anything off them. They're loose. They're just or fashion for looks. I don't always wear my belt. Quite often I don't wear my belt if I have a shirt that's hanging over my belt because it makes your belly like look like it's bulging out sometimes. The belts are bulky sometimes. And ladies, I mean, who's with me on this? Do you understand? Like you put a belt on, you have a shirt on, you're like, oh my goodness, that looks like I'm, my belly's sticking out. I just ate two meals. And so you tuck it in so you can see it, hence the tuck. Um, and, you know, sometimes I do wear a belt because it's necessary to hold my pants in place. I don't want to stand up here hiking my pants up all the time. I want them to be firmly placed. So sometimes our belts are necessary. And thankfully, again, the modern belt isn't the analogy that Paul used. Paul wanted people to know the truth and to be anchored in the truth every day. So my next point, or my first point, is to actually know the truth. What is this truth that he's talking about? Unlike the modern belt, where you might have lots of them, the truth is there's only one truth. This is God's truth. We sang, we've heard all of our speakers this morning and our worship team, everything that you have heard and experienced so far this morning in this gathering has been the truth. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the one truth that matters. That is the truth. And unlike the modern belt, it's not always fashionable. In John 
17, 14 to 17, it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. You know, the world's not going to love this truth that Jesus is the only way. We want to make our own way. We want there to be lots of ways. If I'm just a good person, well, that's, that's my way. Well, that's not the truth. And the world isn't going to like it when you speak up and you speak God's truth. Because as we learned in our verse, that everything in this world is fighting against you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Everything is fighting against and saying, no, God's not right. This is right. Right? My hand just started shaking. I don't know why. Um, Unlike the modern belt... We don't hide the truth. We shouldn't hide the truth of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Don't be ashamed by the truth of God. Don't. God has given you life, and he will give it to you life to the fullest. And it's not promised without struggle or without opposition, but God will be there in the battle with you all the way. Don't change your truth based on where you're at. When you're at work, the truth is the truth at work. It's at church. It's at home. It's at the mall. It's when you're at the movies. It's when you're interacting with a friend who maybe doesn't believe in God. And it's the same truth as when you're interacting with the friend who does have a strong relationship with God. The truth is the truth regardless. Don't hide it. And unlike the modern belt, the truth isn't optional. It is always necessary to live by. 2 Timothy 3.17, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And again, John 8, 31 to 32, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. Set you free. That's right. Abide in my truth and the truth will set you free doesn't mean it'll be easy but there is freedom in the truth man when you walk in here and you sing our praise songs and you hear the message started from the beginning you are experiencing the truth of God there's nothing spoken today that has been a lie nothing spoken today that is deceiving you from what the truth is and we invite every single person to come in and to experience the truth of God when I was a kid, I believed that Jesus came and died to save me. He died for my sins and he rose again. That is the truth upon which I stand still to this day. That truth has not changed. That truth will never change. That's the truth. Now, some of you may have never heard that message when you were a kid. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time today. Maybe you've heard it, but you're not really sure if you believe it yet. What harm will it do to try? What harm is it to start to seek out this truth that God is 
the way, that God loves you and he has created you and he has a plan for you and he forgives you. He is our hope and our future. You know, the world right now is telling you all sorts of other things. The world right now wants you to grab onto all these other ideas that are so counter to God's word. And we hear this idea of my truth. Speak your truth. Live your truth. Right? And that's dangerous territory. It's dangerous because people build their own truth to justify their actions, desires, and to avoid feeling guilty about things. People want to build their own truth because it makes them feel better. There is a hole inside of us that only is filled by the love of Jesus. And we try so hard to fit other things into that void. Things that we can claim as, oh, this will make me feel better. This drink of alcohol. This gambling. This, whatever it might be. And those things aren't necessarily, like, having a drink of alcohol is okay. Unless it takes you down a path you shouldn't go. Because the Bible tells us we shouldn't be drunkards, right? We shouldn't get drunk doesn't mean that you can't enjoy a sip of alcohol unless the Holy Spirit, of course, tells you, no, that's not good for you because it does take you down a road that you shouldn't go. There are a lot of things fighting for your truth. And some of you might think, well, my sin isn't as bad as that person's sin. You might build that own truth in your head. If you're a Christian, you might already, you might actually have that truth that you're, that lie, lie that your sin is not as bad as that person well at least I didn't do what they did no all have fall all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God all of us regardless of what you struggle with regardless if it's um slander if it's you know envy if it's um gossip those are sins too and Jesus came to die for every one of them. Regardless of how big or small you think yours is, Jesus came for you. Right? The experiences that we've had, yes, those are some true things that have happened to us. And we have certain feelings or opinions about them. I get that. Like, it's true that my favorite color is blue. It's true that certain things set me off. That's true. But just because I might feel a certain way... It doesn't mean it's the truth. The truth is the truth regardless of how I feel about it. I might not like what the Bible says about something, but it's the truth. And I need to get over it. (laughs) And I need to get on board. (sighs) The Bible, by the way, I was looking up, like, how long ago was the Bible written? And it's a range. 3,400 to 1,900 years ago. Did you know this? 34 to 1900 years ago. So Old Testament starts 3,400 years ago when they have their first manuscripts that they've said, oh, these are 3,400 years old, all the way to New Testament revelation, they believe, was about 1900 years ago. The truth has been the same since then. The Bible does not change based on popular culture. The words in the Bible, yes, there are translations. There are different versions. And we have put it into like a modern language, but the meaning of the truth 
has not has not changed. Just because culture changes doesn't mean the word of the Lord changes. Okay. It's not fluid, and it doesn't change because of popular culture. If you're listening online and you have struggled with what the world is telling you, maybe even about, like, your gender, that's a big lie right now in our society. God has created man, and he has created woman. And it makes me sad when I go to work and I hear the message that there's other options. And I know, I know these kids have a hole that they're trying to fill so that they can figure out how to feel loved, how to feel whole. And the real answer is Jesus. That's the truth. And if you are a person who struggles with that, or you're a person who struggles with something else that the world is accepting of, but the Bible, God's word doesn't tell us that that's okay. I want you to know you are welcome here. We want you to be here. You don't come in here perfect. You come here to learn what perfect is. We will never be perfected until we get to heaven, right? God is always perfecting us, and it is a relationship that we are working on on the daily. Yeah, but we want you to experience the real truth of what's going to fill that void in your life because nothing else is going to last. Okay. Can I tell you a quick story? Um, So I know some of these lies that the world is telling us now seems so obvious to us because from different perspectives, you have obviously different perspectives. And you can stand back and go, well, I can't even believe that people would think that that's an option. Right? It seems so obvious. The lie is so obvious. Well, I have a little story. I was going to go down one road, but I didn't know if we'd have any little kids in here. I didn't want to blow their holiday dreams. Um, but so here's my story of a time when a lie should have been obvious, and it wasn't. I was fooled. It's snipe hunting. Has anyone in here ever heard of snipe hunting before? Yeah? Okay, just a few of you. So let me set the stage. I'm on vacation with my family, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. We're all crammed into this tiny little cabin, and it's a blast. One of the best family vacations I can remember as a kid. And one day, the adults, I don't remember who, says, we're going to go snipe hunting. Like, okay. They said, yeah, tonight we're going to go out. We're going to hunt for snipe. Snipe are these little tiny creatures, and um, they will come running into your bag if you bang on the bag and you make a lot of noise. And, and my dad throws in, and if anyone can catch one with a red stripe down its back, I'll give you 10 bucks. <laughs> Game on, Dad. I want 10 bucks, right? I'm a little bit competitive, and I wanted $10. $10 in the 80s was a lot of money. So in our time at this cabin, I grew up outside of Detroit, a small, or not a small, a suburb of Detroit. And um, we're out in the woods. We're up north, as we always call it. Anywhere in Michigan up here is up north. And so we went up north for this family vacation. And while we were there, I saw a little chipmunk. 
And this chipmunk was in the window of the kitchen. And as they were talking about snipe, I immediately associate the idea that a snipe is a chipmunk. But I didn't know it was a chipmunk. I started building my own truth from what I heard based on what I wanted, based on what we were going to go do. And when we got outside, the adults say, OK, you guys, take your brown paper bags, grab a stick, and you're going to start banging on them as loud as you can and start yelling, here's Snipe, here's Snipe, bang, 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 bang. Right? It's the middle of the night, and we're banging on bags. Who in their right mind would think that a wild animal would come toward you? <laughs> I did. The obvious lie wasn't so obvious. And I banged that bag like no one's business because I wanted 10 bucks. And I had seen a snipe earlier that day with a red stripe. And I was going to die out there until that came into my bag. Eventually, the other kids got smart and they went inside. And finally, somebody came and told me, Jenny, it was just a joke. We were just teasing you. It's just a game. Like, no. It is not. I saw one of those. <laughs> I think you might be joking, but they're real. So it took me a while to swallow the lie that I had been fooled, because that's embarrassing. I ran into the house. I threw myself on the bed, and I stayed in there, and I cried, and I was mad. I had been lied to. I was the last one to figure out that I had been lied to. Now, haha, funny, funny parents. Man, you ruined me. No, <laughs> not really. Uh, turns out we went down the um, beach and we did the exact same thing to the kids who were in the cabin over. <laughs> I don't recommend that part. Uh, but I say this story because <clears throat> it's important to understand that sometimes the obvious lies aren't obvious to us when we're in the middle of them, right? We need to not only know the truth, we need to grow in the truth because it's important to know what we believe in. And to know, to know what we believe in, we have to be in the word of God. So read your Bible. Ephesians 4, 14 to 15 says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The devil will try to twist the truth to deceive you. We see the devil in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, where he is telling Eve, it's okay. God didn't really say that. Eat this apple. And then when Eve eats the apple and God comes to Eve and says, what did you do? She twists the words that the devil said even. Like there's this twisting and twisting because we want to save face. We don't want to admit that we've lied to somebody else or that we have been lied to. The devil will twist the truth. He will use people close to you to distract you. Can't do a message up here without talking about my favorite guy. Not you, Corey. You're my real favorite guy. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter to Jesus tells him, no, you're not going to die. That's not going to happen to you. And Jesus at that time turns and he says, get behind me, Satan. His friend. He just called his friend Satan. And it's not that his friend is Satan. It's that Peter was deceived as well. The devil was using Peter at that moment. 
Sometimes the devil will use our own thoughts to try to deceive us. Things like, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. No one loves you. You are a failure. Those are lies. Those are lies, you guys. And I want you to break the chains of those lies right now. If that's you, if you feel like you are not loved, not worthy, not welcome, not desired, that is a lie. And if you read your Bible, if you come to, tr- to church, if you spend time with other believers, you will hear the truth being spoken against those lies. The Bible says you are dearly loved. Dearly loved. God sent his son Jesus because He loved the world. For God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son for you. Do you understand that? That's love. We can't always discern the truth from lies if we don't know what the truth is. So read your Bible to know the truth. We don't want to be tossed to and fro. I know um, when COVID hit, that was a tumultuous time. Things were all over the place. We'd get on the TV and we'd watch the news and it would be, oh, well, this is what's true today. And oh, here's the new truth. Oh, and here's some more truth. And, and it was so different. And you'd watch this program or read this news article and they t- contradicted each other. Man, that wasn't the truth I wanted to stand on. No. So we had all this time. Time, we use it as a scapegoat sometimes. Well, I would read my Bible if I just had time. I don't have time. I've used that before. Oh, I got busy. I didn't have time. No, I chose to use my time differently than I should have. When you get up in the morning, don't jump on Facebook. Don't see what the world is doing. See what God has to say to you today, right? And it doesn't have to be a formula. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes sitting in my quiet space. It can be like, if all you've got while you're getting ready, play the audible, Go into a plan. You can read your Bible on your phone. You can read it in a book. You can, I feel like Dr. Seuss. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But get in it. Listen to it on the way to work, right? If all you've got is one minute for one verse, use your minute wisely. I just had the flu last week. Ah, week and a half ago, I don't know, four a week. Ah, and I had all sorts of time. Suddenly. COVID, I had all sorts of time suddenly. And I had to be disciplined to use that time to spend in the word of the Lord. Because my Sudoku game was calling me. That is my guilty pleasure, I admit. (laughs) My Sudoku game was like, ooh, but you'll grow your brain stronger if you just figure out which numbers go in those squares. And it doesn't really actually change my life. But you know what does? The word of the Lord. Right? So be disciplined. Get in your Bible. I, um, I have a subscription to uh, Bible studies from She Reads Truth. And their slogan is men and word in the, sorry, men and women in the word every day. And at the end of every podcast, they say, keep opening your Bibles. It's an encouragement for you. You didn't do it today. Don't feel guilty. Don't avoid God tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. I mean, you still have all day today. Do it today. But you know what I'm saying at the end of the day. So my second piece of armor we need to put on is the sword. 
Now, I know in the um, armor of God versus in Ephesians, they don't come back to back, but they go together beautifully, right? The sword is sheathed in the belt. It's hanging off of that. We have it right there. We've got the truth of the Lord, and now in this verse, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we've got the word of God, but now we've got the word of God. How does that work? We've got the word of, the, of God, the truth, the foundation of what we believe, but now we've got the spirit word of God. This is the rhema word. This is the word of God that, spoke, that is spoken to you, for you, for right here, right now. That's how Pastor Steve um, talks about it. It's a word from the spirit that is for you right here, right now. And that word from the spirit will never contradict the written word. It will never lead you in a path that isn't aligned with the word, the written word of God. Now, that word for you might be a little different than your neighbor, and that's okay. It is still the word of God. If you love me, Sorry, this is my next slide, guys. Partner with the Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help him and will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. When you start a relationship with the Lord, you get a gift, the Holy Spirit will come and can live in you and guide you. That is an amazing thing. It's not just like, oh, thanks for joining the team. Good luck. No, we have an active sword. We have an active weapon. Do you know that the sword is the only offensive weapon in this list of armor? It's the only thing that does damage in a sense, I mean, our prayers, our, all those things are powerful, but this is an offensive weapon that we can go to battle with. But we need to know how to wield it before we get into battle. We need to have practice with it. We need to um, be able to discern when it's the Holy Spirit calling us to use it or when is it our own desire. Sometimes it's hard to know. So we partner with the Spirit the Spirit helps us combat lies, temptations, and spiritual attacks. I was at, um, at the store one day, and there was a woman who had just gotten off the phone, and I was like, oh, man, she is having a hard time. Like, I heard a little bit of her conversation, and it was this prompting of the Spirit. Go ask her to pray for her. Like, well, are you kidding me? I'm in the middle of a store. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know her. Here goes nothing. Like, I'm sweating, too. Like, oh. Really? At World Market? I don't think that's a Christian store. It's okay. So I go over, and I ask the lady. I was like, I couldn't help but hear your conversation a little bit. Can I pray for you? And she looked at me with big tears in her eyes. She said, yes. And she gave me this big hug. And we stood in the middle of the store, and I prayed for her. That wasn't my desire to do that. That was the prompting of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit says she needs 
to know God's love right now. She needs to be reminded that she's not alone in this sad situation, that she has God on her side through it. So when the Spirit prompts you, don't ignore the Spirit. Obey the Holy Spirit's conviction in your life. Now that conviction in your life might not be the same conviction in somebody else's life. That's okay, as long as it doesn't contradict the Bible, right? I know a lot of people are anti-Disney right now or anti-Target right now, and I just heard this really great podcast about that. And if you went to Disney or if you shop at Target, that's, it's not written in the Bible, do not go to Target, do not support Disney. It's not there. But when we have things in our lives that we're convicted about, that conviction can be from the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't mean somebody else isn't following after the Lord with all their heart. They just haven't been convicted by that particular thing, right? And it might not be necessary for them to. Maybe you are a person who has, worship team, would you guys come up? Maybe you guys, uh, you're a person who struggles with, let's go back to the example of alcohol, let's say like drinking too much. Maybe that's you. And so for some people I know, they have not been able to even go somewhere where there is alcohol offered. And that's the conviction that the Spirit has put onto them because it's too tempting otherwise. Maybe you're fine with it, but you can't hold your conviction over somebody else's conviction if the Bible doesn't tell all of us, right? Does that make sense? Okay. The last point I have is the Spirit will lead you. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We have a helper, a, we- a weapon. We have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Get in your word every day. Pray every day. The more we do those things, the more we put on our armor, the more in tuned we are to God. Get in church. Get around other believers. Encourage one another. Speak truth to one another. Speak against the lies you hear each other say. Right? When the Holy Spirit prompts you, go with him. Don't deny. Don't avoid. You might be changing someone's life. And if you haven't yet decided to follow after Jesus, if you haven't yet decided to believe in the truth that we've spoken about today. I invite you, don't wait. (coughs) Excuse me. If you have been believing lies that the devil has spoken over you, from others, into you, about you, break those chains today. Give those lies to the Lord. Break those chains today. We invite every person to stand. And if you're struggling with something or you want to make a commitment to following after Jesus, we have a lot of people that would love to pray with you. We have people who will come and gather around you and check up on you and, and pray for you here today. If you, if you are a person who has something you want to break the chains of, you may step forward. We're going to sing. It can be a private event. And as the songs are going, just go ahead and, 
And if you feel that Holy Spirit prompting you to step out and to step into truth, come forward and we'll be up here to pray with you and for you. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the word that you impart into our hearts. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you came and you died and you rose again and you forgive us. And I thank you that we have the spirit within us that we can use to battle the things that are being thrown at us from this world. God, I thank you that you equip us with the armor, your armor, not armor we had to go find, but you give us the armor we need. That's how we fight our battles. God, I thank you so much for your love. And I thank you for this church body. Let us grow in truth together. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 